Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Carol Lombard, Fred McMurray. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. Your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. I guess you've all heard about the man who couldn't tell a lie. Well, our story tonight is about a woman who couldn't tell the truth. Carol Lombard is the woman, and her, her husband, to whom she does most of her lying, is played by Fred McMurray. The story, one of the screen's great comedies, True Confession, adapted for radio by Charles Taswell and Bill Hampton, and with music by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. In just a minute now, you'll be meeting Carol Lombard and Fred McMurray in True Confession. And I know that at some time or other, you've seen the names of tonight's Gulf Theater stars in big letters on the brilliantly lighted marquee of your local theater. I know, too, that when driving to your theater in the evening, you've no doubt passed another brilliantly lighted spot, dedicated not to entertainment, but to service. Cheerful, friendly service. I mean, of course, the station of your neighborhood good Gulf dealer. Next time, why not drive in for a few minutes and get to know your Gulf dealer? You'll find him eager to help you and always ready to extend any or all of Gulf Dealer's many courtesy services. He'll gladly do such helpful things as checking your battery or your radiator, cleaning your windshield, or wiping off your headlights. He'll do everything within his power to make every minute you spend in your automobile more enjoyable. And he's the fellow who can make motoring more enjoyable, not only because of his fine service, but also because of his splendid products. For instance... Gulf Pride Motor Oil, and Gulf No-Knox Gasoline. So next time, don't pass by. Drive in. Get acquainted with your neighborhood good Gulf dealer. <laughs> you just can't help applauding when Fred McMurray and Carol Lombard make their entrances on the Gulf Theater stage. In our play tonight, they're known as the Bartlett's, Ken and Helen Bartlett, played by Fred and Carol, respectively. And now, here's the first act of True Confession. Dear diary, I'm so miserably unhappy because Ken is mad at me again. And simply because he caught me telling a perfectly infinitesimal little fib. Maybe Ken's left me forever, just as he did last week and the week before that. If he has, I'll... I'll... Yes. I'll poison myself. No, no, I won't listen every time I hear that little note in my head. I get in trouble, but I'm not going to lie anymore. Even to myself. Oh, dear diary. I love Ken so much. He's got to come back to me so he can meet Mr. Crouch. Because if he doesn't, people will never find out that Ken's not only the most handsome and wonderful husband in the world, but he's a brilliant lawyer, even if no one has even given him a case. Oh, dear diary, why doesn't Ken come home? If he does, from this moment on, diary, I'm going to tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth, even if it kills me. And never, never... Oh, 
Ken, he's come back to forgive me. Ken, darling, I... Oh, oh, it's you again. Sure, it's me. Look, these are stirring times. Can't you find something more patriotic to do than going around dunning people for typewriter payments? Please, no more talk, lady. Do I get my 12 bucks or do I take the typewriter? Well, I guess you take the typewriter. Yeah, that's what I thought. Is that it on the table? Yes, help yourself. Well, after all, why should I worry about what happens to you? Hmm? What was that, lady? What's going to happen to me? Well, I, I was talking about my husband, but if you hurry, maybe he won't see you. You see, he... he... Well, he's insane. Insane? He's absolutely nuts. Is that so? Is he locked up? Oh, no, no. We're trying to get him away quietly. He's been crazy ever since, ever since... Oh, since that terrible night our baby died. Oh, I'm sorry, lady. Yes, yes. The first time I realized that it affected his... Ken's mind was about a week ago. I woke up and saw a light on in there. I tiptoed in. And there was Ken, my own husband, smiling at the typewriter, talking baby talk and patting it. Uh, patting it. Yes, like this. Oh, it was heartbreaking. He thinks that typewriter is our baby, our little Harold. Oh, ain't that awful. Oh, but that isn't the worst. Do you know what he said when he saw me? He stood right there, patting that typewriter, and he said, I love my baby more than life itself, and I'll kill the first person who tries to harm it. Gosh, a guy like that ought to be locked up before he gets violent. I guess the best thing to do is to get this baby, I mean this typewriter, out of here before... Helen... Oh, there's my husband now. Hello, Ken. How's my baby? Baby? Oh, cheaper's well. I put the ba- uh, 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 the typewriter. Hang on yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, but, but what will he... Just tell him you're rocking at the sleep. Yeah, but suppose it... Hello, darling. Oh, I mm. didn't know you had a visitor. Oh, mm. oh, he's really not a visitor, Ken. This is Mr. Mr. McDougal, the, the new, new... Oh, Mr. McDougal, our new neighbor. Oh, well, glad you dropped in, Mr. McDougal. Hey, uh, why are you holding that? You t- mean baby? <laughs> I, 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 I was just uh, rocking it to sleep before I left. It, w- it was all tired out, poor little fella. What was that? Uh, no, no, no need to get upset, Mr. Bartlett. I'll, I'll, I'll put the little fella down here on the divan. Say, you both sound as though you'd had a drink or you need one. Sit down, Mr. McDougal. I'll go out in the kitchen and mix up a batch of poison. <laughs> <laughs> hurry, hurry. You better leave before he comes back. Don't, don't worry. When he gets here, I'll, I'll be miles away. That's not going to poison me. No, sir. I got my health to think of. Who was that, Ellen? Who was what, darling? Didn't I hear the front door? Oh, yes, that was Mr. McDougal. He had to go. Must have been an awful hurry. Oh, never, never mind about him. Oh, Ken, I've missed you so much. I've only been gone since breakfast. But you went away mad. You didn't even kiss me. Well, do you blame me? After I came into the room last night and discovered you told people I was a reformed bank robber? Well, I didn't mean to, but the other women were all bragging about their husbands. <laughs> Darling, don't ever leave me. Promise. I'll promise you one thing, Helen. If you don't stop lying, one of these days I'm going to walk out of this house. I'm going to walk all the way to China. But, honey, I've reformed. Honestly, I haven't told a single story all day long. No? Helen, why did the grocer send flowers to my office? Flowers? Well, I I, I can't imagine, Ken. It was a wreath. And across the top it said, rest in peace. (laughs) Really? Well, the florist must have made a mistake in the address. There's been so much sickness lately. You know, peace. Dying like Helen, flies. you didn't by any chance tell the grocer I was dead. Why, Ken, dear, why should I tell did him... Did you? All I said to the man was... I said, did you? Well, I may have slightly intimated it. He was pestering me with the bill Helen, and... I ought to wring your neck. Well, go ahead and get mad at me. Let's have it over with. Oh, what's the use? I've done that. I'm living a nightmare. The darndest nightmare a man ever lived. Well, I 
didn't mean to tell him you were dead. It, it just popped out. Yeah, as usual. Well, I wouldn't have had to tell him anything if, it, if I'd had the money to pay him. Oh, that's right. It's all my fault. I'm a rank failure as a lawyer, so you have to lie for our living. You're not a failure. How can you be a failure when you've never had a case? Yeah, well, the way it looks, I probably never will get one either. Oh, oh, but Ken, you have got one. Where, Helen? Well, he's coming here to see you. He's our butcher's wife's cousin, and his first name is Mr. Crouch. Yeah? What, what, what kind of a case is it? Oh, mistaken identity. He's accused of stealing a carload of hams. Isn't that ridiculous? Who would want a whole carload of hams? Oh, oh, that must be him now. Oh, hello? Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Crouch, right up. He's coming right up, Ken. Uh, are you sure he's innocent, Helen? Oh, there's not the slightest doubt, darling. Just wait till you see him. He's a solid, upright, law-abiding citizen. The soul of honor, and beside, he's a... Uh, he's a vegetarian. He doesn't like ham. Oh. Well, if he's innocent, I'll be glad to represent him, Helen. But if he's guilty, I won't hold oh, it. Oh, there he is now. Oh, come right in, Mr. Crouch. I've been telling my husband about your case. He's terribly interested. Ken, Ken, this is Mr. Crouch. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Crouch? They can't prove a thing. Oh. <laughs> that, that's fine, Mr. Crouch. Now, uh, before we delve into the facts of this case, I, uh, I want you to know that I have my own code of ethics. I'm a stickler for honesty. Yes, so what? What my husband uh, means to you. Nah. There, you see, darling. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Mr. Cross, because I absolutely refuse to defend a guilty man. Now, about a retainer fee, uh, would, uh, would $100 be all right? Yeah, it's okay by me, buddy. Oh, thank you. Of course, you'll have to wait for your dough. Wait? Uh, how long? Until I sell the hands. Until you... <laughs> Get out! Get out of here! Hey, hey, hey! Hey, what's the idea? I said get out of here before I throw you out, you, you, you lawbreaker. Okay, buddy, I don't think you're much of a mouthpiece anyhow. And, and you just wait till I tell my Aunt Faithor about this. So that's your honest, upright citizen. Ken, how could you? You've insulted the cousin of our own butcher's wife. But, Helen, he stole the ham. Well, what difference does it make? Somebody's got to represent him, don't they? I won't defend a lawbreaker. You know that. How can we live if you won't take a perfectly good case when it's offered to you? Ken, we've got to have money to live on, and if you must hang on to your honor, I've got to get a job. You do nothing of the kind. It's bad enough to know I'm a failure myself without advertising it to the whole world. Oh, but I've been offered a perfectly lovely position by an old friend of my great-uncle, Mr. Otto Crayler. Otto Crayler? That old ape's had more secretaries than a business colleague. Well, he may be an ape, but it's $50 a week peanuts. $50 for what? Being his secretary. You can't take shorthand. But he's willing to pay me while I'm learning. Oh, he is, is he? <laughs> Please, Ken. No. But Ken... I said no. And do you know what I'll do if you ever go out and get a job behind my back? Yes. You'll leave me. That's right. Are you going to try it? No. Are you telling the truth? Why, Ken, didn't I promise I'd never lie again? Why, darling, if you're so against it, Otto Crayler is a closed chapter in my life. Why, I wouldn't dream of even speaking to Otto Crayler. Oh, I'm very sorry, Mr. Crayler. I do hope you'll forgive me for being late to work on my first day. Oh, that's quite all right, my dear. <clears throat> Nothing to get upset about. I want you to be very happy here. Oh, thank you, Mr. Crayler. Uh, Otto. What? Call me Otto. Oh, certainly, Otto. Uh, we're going to be great friends, yes, indeed. I can see we're going to like each other a lot. You understand, I, I haven't had much experience. <laughs> Would you mind letting go of my hand? I've never taken dictation. Mr. Craner, please, I don't think you should do that. 
But I mean to get one of those shorthand books. Don't, don't you think you'd better answer your mail, Mr. Crayler? Well, I, I realize $50 a week is a big salary, but Mr. Crayler, will you stop following me? I, I really didn't know the secretary's got so much exercise. Mr. Crayler, think of your blood pressure. Mr. Crayler, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I've been waiting hours for you to come home. Well, you better not wait, Ken. I, I don't think I'll be home. Why not? Well, they want me to stay here. Stay where? I'm in jail. Haven't you seen the paper? No. Helen, what are you doing in jail? Oh, I get it. Just another one of your cock and bull stories. No, Ken, I'm really in jail. They say they say I killed Albert Crater and they're calling me the butterfly with the kiss of death, which is perfectly ridiculous. I Because I didn't kiss him in any way, I didn't do it. Oh, Ken, I'm so miserable that if you love me, now, 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 don't get excited, Helen. I'll, I'll be right down. Now, just sit tight and keep a stiff upper lip and don't talk. Uh, whatever you do, don't talk. For just once in your life, please, Helen, for my sake, for your sake, for the sake of our future life together, don't say a word to anyone till I get there. If you start talking, it's an absolute sense. We'll both get the chair. <laughs> And that brings to a close Act One of True Confession. The curtain of the Gulf Screen Guild Theater will rise on Act Two in just a moment. So during the next few seconds, we'd like to say a word about today and also ask you a question. All right, bud. Today being Easter, you're probably all set for spring, your house spick and span, and you yourself feeling very much in the spirit of things with your new Easter outfit. But how about your car? Is it, too, all set for spring? Have you drained out that thin winter oil, put in a fresh supply of Gulf Pride, and changed to summer-grade gear lubricants? Have you had your car thoroughly lubricated recently? Well, those are the services that will make your car feel like spring, make you feel like driving just for fun. Best of all, your good Gulf dealer is now offering his own Big Top Special, a sort of combination package, including all the services that your car needs now. So start this most pleasant driving season of the year with a clean crankcase full of Gulf Pride, fresh gear lubricants, and a car lubricated perfectly at every point by Gulf's new exclusive Gulf Flex system. See your good Gulf dealer tomorrow for his money-saving Big Top Special and see for yourself how much more enjoyable it is to drive a car that's in tune with the season. Curtain of the Gulf Screen Guild Theater rises on the second act of True Confession, starring Fred McMurray as Ken Bartlett, the young lawyer whose code of ethics has kept them from ever having a case, and Carol Lombard as Helen Bartlett, his wife. 
whose habitual disregard for the truth has put her in jail, charged with the murder of an elderly playboy. Helen is being grilled in her cell by Detective Darcy. Questions. Give me the works, Mr. Darcy. I don't mind talking because I have nothing to hide. Why, I wouldn't lie to you any more than George Washington or Lincoln or Grant or Shakespeare. Mrs. Bartlett. What? Did you kill Otto Kraler? I didn't kill Otto. All I did was run out of the house. Why did you run out of his house? Because I was tired of running around his study. Why did you return to the scene of your crime? I went back after my hat. I dropped it when I hit him. You expect us to believe he was killed by two fist marks through his head? What did you do with the gun? What did you do with the money that's missing from his desk? What was your motive? There sits Otto, the man you thought loved you. He's cast you aside, and you stand there hating him as only a dame can hate. Oh, that's wonderful, Detective. Look, look, I'm all goose-flesh. All at once. All at once, out comes your gun from your handbag, and you let him have it. Bam! No, bam-bam! All right, bam-bam. <laughs> Otto falls. You take it on the land. Well, what do you say to that, Mrs. Bartlett? Oh, it's perfectly thrilling. What do I get for that? The chair. Oh. Well, you know what I think? What? I think you're crazy and I'm going home. No, no, you don't. Sit down. Look me in the eye. Which eye? Uh, any eye. Now, you listen to me. I ain't playing games. I'm serious. Won't you please believe I'm serious? Darling, I, I'm so glad to see you. Hello, honey. You haven't talked, have you? Oh, I haven't even opened my mouth, but you don't know what I've been through. They've given me the third degree three times. Oh, you poor kid. Well, Helen, things look pretty bad, but I'll do everything I can, both as your husband and your lawyer. Our best bet is to take a plea of guilty and say it was self-defense. But, Ken, I'm not guilty. I didn't kill Otto. Helen, there's no use lying. The, pl the police can prove that the bullets came from your gun. What gun? My gun that they found in our apartment, the two shells had been fired. But I fired those last summer at a tree out in the country. You did? Well, that changes the whole case. We'll dig the bullets out of the tree and plead not guilty. We can't dig them out. Why not? I missed the tree. <laughs> Just another one of your lies, huh? I might have known it. What chance? Helen, you can't lie your way out of murder. We'll plead guilty. We'll do nothing of the kind. I didn't kill him. Do you realize what'll happen if you insist on pleading not guilty? What? Why, they'll... They'll... They'll what? Prove that I am guilty and electrocute? Oh, let's not talk about it. If you as my client insist you're not guilty, I'll, I'll enter a plea and fight for you the best I can and hope for the best, but... Well, perhaps if I told the jury my story... No, Helen. <laughs> Helen, we're going to fight this thing honestly and openly. And if we can't win the right way, the honest way, we don't want to win. We don't want to win? Oh, no, no. Now, don't get upset, Helen. It's too early to worry. Ken, Ken, suppose you told the jury I was guilty, what would happen? Well, that would leave the way open for a self-defense argument. Oh. Yes, Ken, I can just see you standing there at the bar of justice, fighting for the life of a woman whose only crime was defending herself against the brutal advances of a wolf in human form. And you, with a shaft of bright sunlight on your head like a halo, the protector of womanhood. Ken, Ken... Do you know something? What, Helen? I killed Otto Crailer. Quiet! Quiet! 
stuck in the cork. Sounds like cat day at a dog show. Hey, what's that man selling out there? Souvenirs of the trial, Your Honor. Replicas of the blame bullet that blasted Broker. Outrageous. What's he charging for them? Two bits, Your Honor. You don't say. Well, get me one, will you? <laughs> now, Mr. Bartlett, will you please continue the defense of your wife, Helen Bartlett? Yes, Your Honor. With your permission, we will re- reenact for the jury the events leading up to the death of Otto Frailer on the fateful morning of August 8th. I will play Otto Frailer, and uh, my wife will play herself. Is this play you're going to do fact or fiction? Fact, Your Honor. The true story is told to me by my wife, Helen Bartlett. Very well. Curtain. The scene is Otto Crayler's study. The defendant enters and says... And says... Well, what does she say? Go ahead, Helen. Oh, is that me? I'm sorry. Oh, good morning, Mr. Crayler. I'm sorry I'm late, but I had to get breakfast for my dear husband. Ah, what a pity it is to soil those lovely hands with the drudgery of housework. Come, my dear, sit down, here on my lap. Oh, no, sir. That would be most unconventional. You must remember, I'm only your secretary. Uh, But, Helen, you were made for love, not for letters. Come to my hungry arms, my little white dove. Sir, sir, you forget yourself. You have no right to touch me. Oh, but I have every right. (laughs) You are working for me. Must a woman put up with this just because she must take in typewriting to support her husband? I will make you forget your husband. I will cover you with jewels, deck you with diamonds. Stay there. Don't you dare kiss me. I must. I will. You, you curse. Your lips intoxicate me, Helen. Help, Mr. Crane. If you don't stop chasing me, I will strike you in the stomach. Oh. Oh, Kim, darling, I'm sorry. No, no, go on, Helen, go on. Oh, all right. You curse. You'll pay for this, my proud beauty. No woman can do this Otto Crayler, the great lover. If I can't have you, I'll kill you. You fiend! You have now driven me to insanity, and I don't know what I'm doing. See, I have a gun, too. Well, I just happen to have a thank heavens in my handbag for no reason at all. Come to my arms. To love. Stop. Come one step closer, and I'll fire. Merciful heaven, what am I about to do? Yet I must do it. I must, I must. Bang! Another bang! Oh, what have I done? I've killed him, Otto Kramer, the depraved merchant prince who believed his filthy gold and priceless jewels could buy womankind's most priceless possession. Her good name is dead. Thank you, thank you. here, Mrs. Bartlett. This contract calls for a 20-week cross-country lecture tour, 1,000 a week, all expenses. Thank you. The Graphic Express will pay you a dollar a word for 20 articles titled My Life, My Struggle, Mrs. Bartlett. Sign here, please. Thank you. No waiting. The stage show starring Helen Bartlett begins in just a few moments. Mrs. Bartlett's act demonstrates the finer points of wing shooting and the care of handling firearms. Keep in line, please. Thank you. Dear diary, it's been a whole year since I didn't shoot Otto Crayler, and everything is wonderful. 
Ken is the busiest lawyer in town, and we have an apartment in the city and a house in the country, which goes to prove, dear diary, that the truth may be stranger than fiction, but it doesn't pay as well. If I hadn't said I killed Otto, Ken would still be a lawyer without any practice to practice on, and I'd be stalling off the butcher, the baker, the... Why, Ken, darling, you're home early. Why, I wasn't expecting you for hours and hours. Well, is anything wrong? Why, have you got a headache, dear? Did you lose something? Ken, what are you doing? I'm packing. Packing? Are we going someplace? I'm going someplace. Ken, what's the matter with you? I'm leaving. You mean forever? Longer than that. But why, Ken? You've ridiculed justice, my profession, me. I don't know what you're talking about. You didn't kill Otto Craven. I didn't? You know darn well you didn't. Why, why? Whatever makes you think that? A man came to my office today. He had a wallet with Otto Craler's name on it. His brother killed Craler when Otto discovered him robbing the house. Oh, you're surely not going to fall for a story like that. It's perfectly obvious to me that the brother is trying to horn in on some of my publicity. The brother happens to be dead. Oh. Is that all you can say? Go ahead. Think up a hot one. Well, I... I... Good. For the first time in your life, you're speechless. Well, I, I don't blame you for being mad at me, Ken. Honestly, I don't. If I were you, I'd be mad, too. But I love you, Ken, and I don't care what happens. I still love Come you. Come on, let me get my pants. I don't know why I did it. Those aren't your best pants. But it seemed at the time everything would work out better if I lied, and it did, too, up to Oh, now. yes, yes. Everything worked out swell. Where are my best pants? Here we are, both successful, standing on the biggest lion... In the history of mankind. Your best pants haven't come back from the cleaners. Oh, Ken, I know this is all a nightmare to you, and I don't think I can ever explain it to you so you could understand. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Helen Bartlett killed to save her good name. <laughs> there you stood in court laughing at me, laughing at the judge, laughing at justice. How could you lie about a thing like that, Helen? Hello, Mr. Moskowitz. How could you make a fool of your lawyer and your own husband? Could you send over Mr. Bartlett's best How card? could you leave a possible criminal at large who might already be plotting against his next victim? All right, Mr. Moskowitz. Ken, your pants won't be ready until tomorrow. Will you wait for them? No, I'm going so far away I won't even know what year it is. Goodbye. Ken, 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 wait, dear. Would it make any difference if I, if I promised to always tell the truth from now on? No, you've promised that before. I still love you, Helen, in spite of everything. But I'll be darned if I can live a life like ours. Goodbye, I'll write you when I get settled. You can, you can send me my pants. Ken, Ken, darling. What? Well, I'll always think kindly of you and... and, and... Oh, if it's a boy, I'll name it after you, Ken. <laughs> Did you say boy, Helen? Mm-hmm. Oh, Helen, why didn't you tell me? Well, I, I wanted to surprise you. Oh, Helen, I never dreamed that... Oh. With my little secret, though. Darling, you're not going away now, are you? No. Oh, of course not, Helen. Tell me. When's it going to be? What? I said, when's it going to be? Oh, I don't know exactly. Well, uh, what did the doctor say? What? I said, what did the doctor say? Oh, the doctor. The doctor. Helen, this is the last straw. <laughs> You've had me a bank robber, you've had me a corpse, you've had me a raving maniac, and now you've even had me a father, and even that isn't true. Well, why couldn't it be true? I... Huh? Well, why couldn't it be true? Helen Bartlett, I think this is going to be your last lie. Oh, Ken.
curtain comes down on our Gulf Stream Guild Theater production of True Confession. And while Carol Lombard and Fred McMurray are taking their curtain calls, may I remind you that their performances tonight are donated. The money Gulf would ordinarily pay to our stars is given instead to the Motion Picture Relief Fund to help care for those of the picture industry who are in need. Next week, a new situation. Now, a private secretary in love with her boss is not a novelty. But a secretary who gets a chance to marry her boss for business reasons only and then sets out on a campaign to snag him for keeps is something different. It's the story of Hired Wife, which we will present from the stage of the Gulf Screen Guild Theater next Sunday. The stars, Melvin Douglas and Joan Blondell. Hired Wife was one of the hit motion picture comedies of the season. And in the able hands of Joan Blondell and Melvin Douglas, it's a show you don't want to miss. In addition to Hired Wife, we'll have the good fortune of bringing to you Mary Pickford in one of her rare appearances on the air. Be with us next Sunday, won't you? When you'll hear Melvin Douglas and Joan Blondell in Hired Wife and Mary Pickford. The music, of course, by Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. Until next Sunday, then, this is Roger Pryor speaking for your neighborhood good golf dealer and saying... Good night, everyone. Carol Lombard's current release is Mr. and Mrs. Smith from RKO Studios. Fred McMurray can soon be seen at Paramount's One Night in Lisbon. Roger Pryor's latest for Paramount is Power Dive. Remember, golf brings the comedy hit of 1940 to your radio next Sunday night. Hired Wife, starring Melvin Douglas and Joan Blondell. Don't miss it. But Houston speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>